the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Now we're going all the way out west to one of the greatest strategic minds alive today. You can follow his writings at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. He is the author of The Case for Trump. And you see him every day almost on the TV. He is Professor Victor Davis Hanson, Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institute, Classics and Military History, and of course, one of our favorite guests here on America First. Um, Professor Hanson, welcome back. Um, let's dive in straight at the, the strategic level. Uh, today, the World Health Organization declared the Wuhan virus, and yes, we are calling it the Wuhan virus here as a pandemic. Uh, 22 people have died in America, more than 1,000 infected, despite the fact that in Chicago last year alone, 491 people were murdered, 309 in Baltimore, in uh, Hurricane Katrina, which some people on the left commentators are now referring to the COVID-19 virus as President Trump's Hurricane Katrina. Uh, the estimate is between 1,200 and 1,800 people were killed. Is, is the response been adequate in your terms, in your understanding strategically? And what is your measure of any hysteria? Well, with all, all of these uh, supposed dangers, the key is quarantine or restrictions of infected people. So although it was a little late, it was earlier than most, and that was the Trump travel ban of January 31st. That really affected us on the West Coast because from San Diego to Seattle, about 15,000 people come in daily directly from China. And in that critical period of December and January, it was pretty clear that the Chinese Communist Party knew that it was going to be serious, and then they, yet they allowed all those people, over a million in total. I think we kind of underestimate that because that would mean that for two months there must have been hundreds, if not thousands, of that million people who had been exposed to the virus. So when we were looking at it now, we think that it just came after the travel ban, and then it spread when, in fact, anecdotally, you hear all sorts of people that claim they got very weird types of flus or very ill, or et cetera, et cetera. That can be anecdotal and unproven. But I think we have to take some credence that it's been here with us longer than we think, and now we're recognizing it, and we're sort of in a hysterical mood. But had it been called, say, influenza C, we might not have reacted as as dramatically and we don't really know much about it still there's so much i mean anthony fossey today said things that were contradictory and almost daily we're told that 
3% die, that 1% die, 7.7% in South Korea die, that cases are exploding. No cases have gone from 900 to 90 a day in South. So we don't really know. It's, there's no data to make an informed empirical analysis. Right now, as we speak, the president is meeting with uh, members, Wall Street executives, to talk about responses to the Wuhan virus. Um, a friend of mine, a, a former colleague at Fox, has been in deep water, or at least has been uh, feeling the barbs of Internet trolls because she said that this is impeachment 2.0. That's Trish Reagan. Um, have you seen uh, the as rapid and political exploitation of, of a biological event as, as we've seen in the last few weeks with regards to the Wuhan virus, Professor Hansen? No, I haven't. I have seen other events. I think that the 2008 financial disaster that was, I think, due to pressures to relax lending to subprime mortgage applicants, was, it destroyed the second term of George W. Bush. It was just um, and, it, and it really destroyed the Republican brand and hence John McCain's candidacy. And I think the same thing was true with Katrina, that after the original hysteria that was mostly because of laxity on the part of the Democratic governor and mayor, George W. Bush was blamed by the media and he never kind of got over that. So I've seen natural disasters, but never, I remember here in California, the 2009 swine flu H1N1 scare came from Mexico, and we had an open border under the Obama administration. Yes. And there were people along coastal community. My daughter lives in Santa Cruz. There were three or four cases of infants getting paralysis from it. And eventually, as you, everybody remarks, 12,000 people died, 20 million cases. But I don't remember people saying in the House or the Senate, this is Barack Obama's, right. the Obama virus. It's, I think it's Part of the thing is it came from China, and they lied to us about it. We saw those horrific videos of people dropping like flies, and there were the stories about bats, pangolins, snakes, and then we had the other weird conspiracy stories about a viral lab right next to Ground Zero in China, and then it's an election year, and then the Trump derangement syndrome, and you added all that, and it was a perfect storm. We're talking to Victor Davis Hanson. Here we are. Here we are indeed. Follow him on Twitter at VD Hanson, H-A-N-S-O, an author of the superb book, The Case for Trump. Um, could this be uh, – we, I've already seen some excellent pieces of American greatness, uh, included, uh, including this morning from Chris Buskirk, uh, with regards to how this could actually turn out to be a good thing in terms of it being a Sputnik moment for America, that we are waking up to – you know, the fact that 90% of antibiotics come from China, that our supply chains are, from a national security perspective, far too reliant on that communist nation. Could it, in fact, if, if we don't see a significant spike in infection and deaths, could this be a potential Sputnik moment for America when it comes to China, Professor? I think so. I think everybody understands that it was reckless to outsource Things like medical supplies, gloves, masks, pharmaceuticals, even strategic technology, and we have done that. And I yes. think there's going to be a big revulsion against that. And in a larger context, with the collapse of oil prices and near-zero interest rates and the natural exuberance that comes once a dangerous pass at the end of a war or a plague, historically speaking, this thing is going to end. And when it does, there's a lot of stimuli lined up that will make this economy take off. And 
when you juxtapose those realities into the campaign cycle, it's going to be very interesting to see who's the beneficiary and who's the loser of that, that yeah. reality. Yes, indeed. I watched a video of yours yesterday from the incredible Hillsdale College, and the theme was General Patton. And Eric, please post that video right now. You'll find it on YouTube. Let's post it at Facebook and on my Twitter feed, and let's tag good professor in Hillsdale. And there was a message. It was fascinating, the story of, of Patton's rise, how he saw himself as a member of of an elite, perhaps even reincarnated. But there, there was a, a key message that... There are iconoclasts. There are perhaps individuals who are deemed to be brutish or outré that civilization doesn't like, but that civilization time and again has great need of. Are we once again in that type of situation, Professor Hansen? Yeah, I think so. I mean, since we're on the topic of the coronavirus, I can't envision a Mitt Romney or... um, Barack Obama or Joe Biden invoking a travel ban on the 31st. Biden said it was racist. Had Trump not done that, I think we'd be in big trouble. And yes. In a weird way, the border crossings are way down. Only 10% of the people came across the southern border were from Asia. And everybody opposed that. Everybody opposed the targeted travel bans, which were the precursors of what he did on January 31st, the prior ones. And uh, everybody thought he was crazy when he warned us not to outsource and hollow out the interior of America and outsource assembly of manufacturing and production to China that was not only a serial trade cheat, but a communist dictatorship. And all those positions, I think, uh, were proven prescient. And we can see them today. Had we just not put our chemotherapy or antibiotics or whatever type of our gloves or mass production in China, we'd be better off. And had we had an earlier travel ban, even than the one Trump did, we'd be better off. And had we had a completely closed border, north and south, we'd be better off. So, and if we, so I think he's, he, he was an iconoclast eccentric and he, he got people thinking. And then once the, the policies were enacted, now people just sort of are blase about, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Trump was right. It's good to have manufacturing here. Yeah, that wall, I'm glad there's no caravans this week. And, yes. wow, I'm glad he didn't let those Chinese tourists or visitors come in past February 1st. But at the time, that was considered racist, xenophobic, nativist, protectionist, you name it. Write down this address right now, victorhanson.com, H-A-N-S-O-N, victorhanson.com. We've just got two minutes left with you, Professor. Um, As a former member of the Trump administration, my biggest concern back then in the White House and still today is the question of how our bench is not very deep. You've used a phrase I can't remember, but you used it in your lecture about the, the elite institutions, the universities, how cosseted. Uh, these individuals are that go through these systems. If if we are to regain our shining place on the hill, our city on the hill, as Reagan talked of, um, where will we find these individuals that 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 will slaughter the sacred cows and break the the concept of managed decline? Is, is there is there hope for a a new bench of iconoclasts, Professor Hansen? Yeah, I hope so. I don't think that they're going to be found in the Ivy League, Christmas uh, and Norm, Bachelors, JD, Bachelors, MBA, necessarily Bachelor 
PhD. I don't think you're going to find them in Hollywood or academia or in the media. People gravitate to those and are opinion makers, I don't think, can be trusted with governments. So I, I think we're going to be looking toward the military. We're going to be looking toward business. We're going to be looking toward small business. We're going to look for a different type of person than a Joe Biden that spent his entire life as a senator or public official. And then the, the assorted corruption that follows that with, as we saw with Hunter, and that's pretty much a bipartisan paradigm. So I hope we don't just cap the same polluted well, because if we do, we'll get the same results. Paradigm or anti-paradigm, I'll have to look up what the word for that is. We have been talking to one of my favorite authors. Follow his writings at American Greatness. It's amgreatness.com and get his book right now, The Case for Trump. He is Victor Davis Hanson of the Hoover Institution, VD Hanson on Twitter. Thank you, Professor. Stay safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. While we wait to see the long-term economic impact of the coronavirus, it's worth taking a moment to look at the economic data before the virus. By practically every measure, the economy in January and February was not only solid, but trending upwards. Trade war uncertainty was off the radar screen, and job creation was well over a quarter million per month. House purchases were also trending up well. So whatever economic problems this virus brings, it will be the natural disaster's fault and not the fault of the policy mix. Once we get past the anxiety about coronavirus, we're likely to see a sharp and strong recovery. So the Trump administration has proposed temporary payroll tax cuts, an idea that should happen sooner rather than later, allowing plenty of time for people to feel the recovery before they go to the polls in November. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.